Praise God, dear brethren. It's a pleasure once again to share God's word with you. This morning, I'm talking on the topic, the power of forgiveness. I'm taking my reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 22, and I'm using the New American Standard Bible. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray this morning as we minister the word of God, that God, the Spirit of God, would once again anoint me to speak, as thus saith the Lord. God, I just pray that all those that will listen to this word will be blessed, and that God, you will pour out your Spirit upon them, in Jesus' name, and more so, the Spirit of forgiveness. Amen, Lord. I'm taking my reading this morning from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to verse 22, and I'm using the New American Standard Bible. By the way, the title of the sermon this morning is The Power of Forgiveness. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times 7. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, all of us, O oh God, are dependent upon your forgiveness when we fall short of your honor and your glory. But we thank you for your for your great forgiveness towards us. But Father, also teach us to forgive those who have sinned against us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Apostle Peter not only asked the Lord how many times he was to forgive his brother sinning against him, he also suggested up to seven times. Peter was simply limiting how often we ought to forgive. Jesus answered 70 times seven which simply meant perpetually, continually. Count it not strange, Peter will ask the very, very question, how many times we must forgive, is the very one who needed forgiveness later because he had denied the Lord. And let's read that scripture. Luke 22, verses 54 to 62. Having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was falling at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them, and a servant girl seemed as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly, this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, 
Now he had told him before, a rooster crows today. You will deny me three times. And he wept out and went out and wept bitterly. Peter, along with James and John, failed the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, at that time, needed prayer support. Instead of interceding on behalf of the Lord, Peter, James, and John fell asleep. Matthew 26, verse 14. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Other than verbally denying the Lord, Peter failed to support the Lord in prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. Last but not least, Peter did not present himself at the cross. Peter failed Jesus at Jesus' greatest hour of need, and that being Jesus being forsaken by God our Father. When the Lord God forsook Jesus, only one disciple was there, and that was John. You know, the adage is so true. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Amen. The way Jesus deals with Peter's failures is nothing less than a special act of grace and love. For 40 years of ministry, I've endeavored to define love, but to no avail. For there is no true definition of love for the simple fact love is a person, and that person is God, for God is love. 1 John 4.8 says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The greatest expression of love is the forgiveness of God to all who have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 God expresses His love through His abundant grace. Let me give you an acronym for grace. G-R-A-C-E God's righteous act conquered evil. As a minister of the gospel, why do I see Apostle Peter's forgiveness and reconciliation an act of grace? Please allow me to share my personal opinion. If I were Jesus, I would have expelled Peter from the apostolic band. How could I have a failure in my ap apostolic ministry team? One who failed and denied me at my darkest hours. It was not perchance that it was Peter who asked the Lord how many times we must forgive our brethren. Jesus was to give Peter a personal experience of his power of love. Let me assure the body of Christ, the greatest expression of love is none other than forgiveness. Oh, how I love this adage. To err is human, but to forgive is divine. I'm sure it was Alexander Pope. Jesus deals with Peter's denial of him wisely and graciously. Though his words pierced Peter's heart, they were saturated with grace and love. Do you love me, Peter? With great conviction and remorse, Peter answered, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Often when I consider this sad time in Peter's life, I asked myself, what if I were Jesus? Would I allow Peter to continue in my apostolic band who has denied me thrice and also forsook me at my greatest hour of need? My answer would be a most definite no. I would have expelled Peter from the apostolic band. Thank God we have no part whatsoever with Peter's failure and forgiveness. Indeed, 
Man does not forgive the way God forgives. We will always have strings attached to our forgiveness. And the common proverb, proverb, I will forgive you, but I will never forget what you've done. As a Christian, I always wondered whether my forgiving of those who, was, who sinned against me was sincere. After the Lord had dealt with me concerning his forgiveness of Peter, I must admit that I fall far short. Alexander Pope tells us, tells us how we fall short of God's standard of forgiveness. To err is human, but to forgive is divine. Error is always with man. True forgiveness is only with God. And for man to express true forgiveness, he has to be empowered by God's grace and the Holy Spirit. To determine whether our forgiveness is truly of God, we have to consider the following threefold chord which expresses genuine forgiveness. Chord number one, responsibility. Chord number two, respect. After Peter had denied the Lord and forsaken Jesus at his darkest hour, he no longer felt part of the apostolic band. In his heart, he felt because he denied the Lord that the Lord would deny him. Peter in his heart felt that not only did he fail the Lord, but his fellow apostles and himself. He felt unworthy to continue as an apostle. His terrible experience convinced Peter that he was not the rock on which Jesus had said he would build the church. He realized he was but a man, a failure like all of us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are great spiritual lessons to learn from how Jesus forgave Peter. There's no other way to forgive but the way God forgives. God's forgiveness will convince us beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are truly forgiven. God in his forgiveness to man uses the threefold code of forgiveness that convinces man that he is truly forgiven. Responsibility, restoration and respect. Number one, responsibility. When we forgive those who have failed and more so ministers of the gospel, we take away their responsibilities. Though at times discipline is served upon them, and discipline is essential. We must forever give our brethren the understanding that their ministry awaits them after they serve their discipline and show true signs of repent repentance. Jesus first and foremost did not expel Peter from the apostolic band. Secondly, after Peter confessed his love for the Lord, Jesus laid grave responsibility on Peter. Note the words of Jesus to Peter. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, tend my sheep.
Our Lord asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Thrice Peter, thrice Peter answered, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus lovingly responded, Tend my lambs, shepherd my sheep, and tend my sheep. What wondrous grace! What wondrous faith! Our Savior looked beyond Peter's threefold denial. Jesus looked beyond the imperfection of Peter and saw the potential in Peter. Jesus believed in the apostle he had chosen. The threefold question of the Lord and the threefold answer was simply the means whereby Peter saw that he was forgiven. Oh, how precious are the words, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. Let's talk now of restoration. Through his actions, Peter had lost his self-confidence as an apostle. No doubt, he saw himself as a failure. Jesus, who knew the heart of Peter by laying responsibility on him, was restoring Peter's apostolic anointing. Peter lost his confidence in himself. How did Jesus do the mighty work of restoration? Jesus laid responsibility on Peter. Jesus showed confidence and faith in Peter that once again he could have faith and confidence in himself. As an apostle because of denying the Lord and forsaking the Lord, Peter had lost his dignity. When God forgives, he not only deals with our sin, he also deems, deals with the restoration of our self-esteem. It is interesting to note how Jesus restores Peter's dignity, his self-respect, and his self-esteem. Now let's talk about respect. Many children of the Most High God readily accept God's forgiveness, and yet sadly, many cannot forgive themselves. A rope of guilt hangs around our necks. It is one thing to acknowledge, acknowledge God's forgiveness, but it is another thing to forgive ourselves. God knows of our frailty and therefore blesses us in certain ways that convinces us that we are truly forgiven and the mere fact that God has honored us in several ways since being forgiven helps us to forgive ourselves. Though Peter failed the Lord miserably, he was mightily blessed of the Lord with special, special acts of honor. Let me talk about respect, which means honor. To respect a person is to esteem a person. Jesus, Jesus lovingly esteemed Peter with four special acts of respect and grace. An apostle who denied the Lord is honored by the Lord by preaching the first Christian sermon on the day of Pentecost. If that was you, if that was I, would we have chosen Peter to preach the first sermon on the day the church was born? We would probably have chosen John, but not the Lord. For when he forgives, he forgets. Whenever we truly repent, we have a fresh start with the Lord. Can you imagine the grace of God, the grace of Jesus, and the work of the Spirit after 
Peter had denied the Lord three times and was not at the crucifixion at the greatest hour of the need of Christ. Would you, would I give him the privilege of preaching the first sermon? Most definitely not. Thank God for his abundant grace. But Peter, standing up with the leaven, lifted his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, it saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. As you yourself also know him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's talk now about respect. But before I go there, I wonder if you have the sense that I have within my spirit, the, 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 the conviction. Imagine, imagine failing the Lord three times and then not being at the crucifixion. Would we have chosen Peter? Most definitely not. Let's not speak about respect, which means honor. Peter witnessed most of Jesus' miracles and was utterly amazed by them. Jesus said in John 14, 12 to his disciples, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. The apostles witnessed Jesus' miracles. So many miracles. And as much as they saw those miracles, there was a longing within them to do exactly what Jesus had done. And Jesus, knowing their heart and knowing the power of signs and wonders to strengthen the church and to bring in the unsaved, gives them the promise. He says to them, yes, you have seen me perform more miracles, but don't worry, you will even perform greater miracles than what I had performed. Oh, what an honor. This second act of respect bestowed on Peter reminded him of what the Lord had promised the apostles performing wondrous miracles. I ask you the question, who preached the first sermon? A failure, a man that denied the Lord three times, Peter. Who performed the first miracle with John? Peter, a man that failed the Lord three times. At the gate called Beautiful, Peter said to the man, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give up, give up unto you. Stand up in the name of Jesus. Praise God. What an honor. What an honor. 
that the Lord gave to Peter. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, that was a wondrous act of God to use Peter. Blessed be the name. You know, not only did they see miracles that, that Jesus had performed, they saw him even raising the dead. And another honor that was bestowed upon Peter was he, he was the first person other than Jesus after the day of Pentecost to raise the dead. If my memory serves me right, it's in found in Acts chapter 8 or 9 where Peter heals Tabitha. He goes to the home, tells the people to go out of the room and then he raises the woman from the dead. So that speaks of three acts of graces, of grace that the Lord showed to Peter. No matter you failed me three times, I'm going to bless you three times. If that was Ian, if that was Joe, oh no, we would not have given that to Peter, rather to John or another apostle. But there's one more act that Jesus blesses Peter with. Peter was not at the cross. Only John was there. Only John was there. You know, we speak of the fact that um, Paul was chosen as an apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter was chosen as an apostle to the Jews. But let me say this. Although Peter was chosen, uh, Paul was chosen as a Gentile apostle, he was not the first apostle that went to the Gentiles. The first apostle that went to the Gentiles was none other than Peter. Remember, he had the vision where a sheet came down with all unclean things. Remember? And the Lord said, rise up and eat. He says, no, Lord, I touch not the unclean. And then God, in the meantime, is dealing with Cornelius, a Roman soldier, a man that blessed the Jewish people, gave them finance to build their synagogues, etc., etc. And let me say this. You cannot forgive God. Amen? What you sow is what you reap. And God is no man's debtor. If you bless God's people, He will pay you back. He's not like you and I <laughs> that run away when we, when we owe people and we uh, owe people money and avoid them. God pays his debt on time. And God tells Cornelius to send for Peter. Amen. To hear what Peter will have to say concerning the gospel. Peter goes with the men that are sent by Cornelius. And he goes into, into the home of Cornelius and Cornelius bows down to him and says, no, I'm just an ordinary man. Don't worry. I'll come here to preach God's word. And then Cornelius gathers his family and Peter preaches. He preaches to a Roman soldier, a centurion. You know, the Jews and the Romans did not have a good relationship. Because at that time, the Romans were governing Jerusalem, Judea. And they were hard taskmasters. But this man, this Roman centurion, was a man of grace. He prayed daily. He honored the Jewish faith. And it was his time to be blessed of God. And then Peter begins to preach to him.
and even while Peter preaches, the preaching is interrupted by the Spirit of God. And you know what? Peter and his household are baptized in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. What, what a move of God. Imagine how that blessed Peter. You know, Peter probably had in his thinking that the gospel was only meant for the Jews. But this told him that the gospel was meant for the world. For whosoever to the Lord will come will be saved. Now, look at this. Can you for one moment, can I for one moment be honest enough to say, if we were the Lord, would we have blessed and honored and shown respect to Peter, a man who had failed us at our darkest hour, the time when we needed prayer support? He was but sleeping. The time that he was taken a prisoner to be imprisoned and then finally crucified. Yes, we follow Jesus as near as we are, yet we are afar off because in people asking us, do, do we know the Lord? We say no. You see, I would not in any way have used Peter. Then above all, would I still give Peter a blessing that although Paul is the Gentile apostle, he has to follow the foundation that was laid by Peter. Peter was the first man to go to the Gentiles. What an honor. What a privilege. What great respect Jesus showed to this man. I would not have done it. And I suppose you as well. But thank God for the respect and honor that Jesus showed Peter. You know, Peter discovered when he failed the Lord, he discovered that what the Lord had said about him, though it was true what the Lord said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. That was true. But after that Peter had denied the Lord, he doubted that. He couldn't believe it. How can a failure, how can a failure be of, of, of great assistance in building the church of God? And you know as well as I know, that the Bible says we are built upon the teachings of the apostles. Jesus is the rock in the church. Amen. But we are built on the foundation of the teachings of the apostles. Amen. But Jesus is the rock. That statement that Peter made, that was a rock. Peter wasn't the rock. But nevertheless, after he denied the Lord, he lost faith in what Jesus said and he lost faith in himself. But after Jesus blessing him four times, he began to believe not only in the Lord again, but he began to believe in himself. You know, it's true. It's very true. We sin so often and our sins often are so grievous that the mercy that God shows you and I, it's nothing else but the grace of God. You know, when we fail God, we feel ensnared, we're trapped, we lose confidence in ourselves, we want to throw in the towel. But you know what? That evil that possesses us, that we despise ourselves and hate ourselves and we don't want to go on with the Lord, God, by His power, by His grace, cuts that off. G-R-A-C-E 
God's righteous, righteous act conquered evil. That evil that now possesses us that we lose faith in ourselves. God has still got faith in us and through His grace and through His love He makes us brand new again. And He bestows blessings upon us that gives us the confirmation that we are truly forgiven and that God is restoring our ministries. Hallelujah. You know, to, to give a person honor, it's also showing respect. And Tell me, as I speak to myself, do we deserve this respect that the Lord gives us? The Lord actually respects us after that we have sinned. He convinces us that we are forgiven. He convinces us that we are loved again. Amen. He gives us responsibility. He restores us. And honors us, he respects us. God shows respect to those who love him and yet fail. Let me give you an acronym for respect as I close. R-E-S-P-E-C-T Respect. R for respect. E to encourage. S to serve. P to praise. E to enthuse, C to congratulate, and T, T to thank. Respect, encourage, serve, praise, enthuse, congratulate, thanks. This to me is one of the greatest acts in the whole Bible. Yes, you know, we wonder how God made the, the heavens and the earth, the acts of God and all that. But there's no greater act that God had ever done than the act which was carried out on, at Calvary, where Jesus gave his life for you and me. We've sinned, we come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none that who is righteous. But thank God for his grace, for by his grace are we saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, God, that we've learned so much about Peter. He fell short thrice. And even the fourth time. But thank you God that you forgave him. You restored his ministry. And there are many ministers God. That had failed you. And had gone back oh God to secular work. But I pray Father. You will call them once again. For God is a time such as this. That as never before. The gospel bells must be sound. Call them back oh God. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation. Let them know, God, though they failed, yet you have faith in them the way you had faith in Peter. O oh God, restore these men in Jesus' name and give them honor. Do things in their life, spiritual things and even material things that will convince them that they are forgiven and that, God, you're restoring them to the ministry. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Salagashle.